My wife Emma and I have been married for seven years in just a couple of weeks. We have a 20-month-old son, Madden, who in a completely unbiased way is the cutest kid you've ever seen. Uh, Before we were married, we dated for five years, and uh, she actually initiated our relationship. Uh, It started when she asked me to a concert. Her friend was playing acoustic guitar, coffee shop kind of thing. Uh, So she initiated. She didn't wait for me to act, but uh, she did not initiate well because she thought she was asking me out on a date, and I did not know she was asking me out on a date. Uh, I just thought it was a group of friends all going to see this concert together, uh, and she thought that it was a date. And what ended up happening is actually the concert got canceled, and so a mutual friend of ours came up to me and said, Keith, you know that that was supposed to be a date, and now it's canceled, and Emma doesn't really know what to do now. And so I said, no, I did not know that was supposed to be a date. So I had to turn around and talk to her and get everything straightened out and ask her if it really was a date. And of course it was. And so then I asked her out on a date and then we went on a date and now we're married. And uh, of course there was a lot that went on in between that. And this is not necessarily a, a commentary on whether or not uh, girls should ask out guys or um, what that looks like or, or whatever. That's not the point of this. Uh, but that is the story of, of how we got together and so it really did happen. We did some things right and some things wrong in our relationship for sure. Um, but what I want to point out is that uh, she initiated instead of reacted. So she didn't wait for something to happen to her. She went on the offensive versus the defensive. Uh, and who knows what would have happened if she hadn't done that. Um, and it might be a little bit of a stretch from an analogy standpoint, but I believe that we also often live a defensive versus an offensive prayer life. Uh, that to say that we react to the circumstances that come our way, um, uh, di- diagnosis of an illness, a major decision with a job or where we're going to live comes our way, something bad or, or tough happens in life, and we react by praying. And that's not a bad thing at all. Um, It's just not the full experience of communing with God through prayer. So I believe to engage our campuses as ambassadors for Christ, we need to take the offensive versus just living a defensive prayer life. We go into the world, not sit back and let the world come to us. There are lots of reasons that we uh, live a primarily defensive prayer life, but I want to talk about three specific ones right now. Uh, The first is that we believe we are the primary agent of change in people's lives. So we believe we are the primary agent of change in people's lives, and that leads to a defensive versus an offensive prayer life. Of course, we would never say this, uh, but our actions reflect it. We engage, we debate, we proof text, we discuss over coffee, we counsel, we serve. These are fine things. But if we are not actively praying for the salvation and or changed hearts of these people, we are effectively saying the things I can contribute are more likely to take effect in your life than the things God can contribute. I'm the first line of defense, not God. Paul, when he's writing to Corinth, says in 1 Corinthians, For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, Are you not being merely human? 
What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed, as the Lord assigned each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. So Paul and Apollos, pretty big deals at the time, spreading the gospel through the world for the first time. And Paul says, we are nothing. Nothing we have done can have any lasting effect unless God provides the growth. And if we believe that to be true, if we believe that to be true, our first response will not be, I have the solution, I have the right response to that question, I have the thing that you need the most, it will be, God, please do this and please show me what role I can play in the work you are already going to do. Offensive versus defensive prayer. Instead of waiting for our efforts to fail and throwing up a last resort Hail Mary prayer, hoping that something sticks, we go on the offensive with prayer and then follow God's lead. The second reason I believe that we live a defensive versus an offensive prayer life is almost the opposite. Because we believe the people around us are not interested in Jesus. We believe the people around us are not interested in Jesus, or at least a lot of them. The thing is, for a lot of those people, it's actually true. But that's okay. Jesus never said, preach the gospel and love only people who show interest in me. In Luke's account of the crucifixion, it says this, two others who are criminals were led away to be put to death with him, him being Jesus. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments, and the people stood by watching. But the ruler scoffed at him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if he is the Christ of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine, and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription above him, this is the king of the Jews. Forgive them for they don't know what they do. The people might not be interested in the king, but the king is interested in his people. And the sheep might not be interested in the shepherd, but the shepherd is interested in the sheep. And if our prayers are based off the interests of others, we miss out on the opportunity to be in step with the interests of the king. I'm sure many of you can remember a time in your life when you were not interested in the Lord. But thank him. Praise God that he was interested in you. Another reason that we don't go on the offensive with our prayers, that we believe an answer of no is the same as no answer. Sometimes the Lord answers our prayers with no or not yet. This is not the same thing as no answer. But it deters us from prayer because we think it is. Unless I know God is going to answer in the way I want and when I want, why should I pray? 
In the Garden of Gethsemane, before he was betrayed by Judas, Jesus prayed this, Abba, Father, all things are possible for for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Jesus is asking God to remove the responsibility of the cross from him. And praise God, he said no to that prayer. I just heard a story the other day of a woman who prayed for her sister's salvation for 22 years every day. And after 22 years, God saved her. Asking something of God gives you the opportunity to mold yourself to his will, not the other way around. No must not be a deterrent to prayer. It must be a celebrated answer because the God of the universe has heard your cry and has responded. So when we gather this Thursday, June 29th, 2017 at 6.30 p.m. at the Matthias Building, uh, we'll discuss all of these things in much more depth. Uh, We'll share stories of victory and of failure, and we'll discuss what it looks like to have a prayer life that is intentional towards your campus, not just reactionary, how to go on the offensive versus the defensive. Praise God for the opportunity to enter his throne room in communion with him. So I hope to see you all Thursday. Uh, Details are in the ML app uh, if you forget them. Um, I hope to see you Thursday as we talk about what it looks like to be intentional with our prayer lives for our campus. Love you guys. See you soon.